When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Thanks for rolling with us here on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. It's the second hour of the program. We've got a lot to discuss coming up here in just a moment. The latest on the fighting in Ukraine, the U.S. response to it and our NATO allies. No fly zones being talked about. MiGs, MiG fighter planes for the Ukrainians. Is that going to happen? We've got updates for you on that. We reported that breaking news yesterday, but just so you know, Jen Psaki is right now addressing the uh, nation from the White House podium in the West Wing, and she is, unsurprisingly, unsurprisingly, when pushed on the, it's basically 8% inflation, okay, it's 7.9%, so we could say it's basically 8% inflation, and how that is really rough for families all across the country, her answer to it is Russia, it's Russia's fault. Even though it was 7% inflation by the end of last year, now it's 8% inflation. And she says that the problem is uh, it's, of course, all Vladimir Putin. And that's pretty much all they're going to say about it. They're not going to talk about spending. Keep in mind, these are the same Democrats who are telling everybody, if we would only spend about $5 trillion additionally for the so-called Build Back Better agenda, that would bring inflation down. This is like saying throwing gasoline on the fire We'll put it out and looking at everybody like that's a genius strategy. We'll come back to that, though, in a bit, because I wanted to spend some time here before we are, are joined by our friend from the uh, Foundation for Defense of Democracies, Bill Roggio, with an on the ground with with an update from what the fighting is on the ground. He's not in Ukraine, but he's watching it very closely. Um, what our response has been, because yesterday we had the breaking news story about MiG fighter planes. The way it was supposed to work was the transfer of fighter planes from Poland to German soil, to a U.S. air base there, Ramstein, and then get Ukrainian pilots to, I, I think, take off from there, land in Ukraine, and start doing the fighting. Turns out the Biden administration has said they will not go for that. Uh, that is not going to happen, which is an interesting discussion in and of itself. But I, I want to remind everybody 
that the a lot of the people who are in charge really don't know anything. And I think that this and, and it's not it's not just Democrats. There's some Republicans that are saying some really foolish stuff about our involvement in this conflict in one way or another. This was uh, Congresswoman Maria Salazar yesterday. She wants a no fly zone and she knows nothing about a no-fly zone. Do you support a no-fly zone in Ukraine? I, I, I support everything that has to do with punishing Vladimir Putin and helping the Ukrainians. Wouldn't that mean direct conventional warfare with Russia? I don't know what it will mean, but you know freedom is not free. So you don't know what a no-fly zone will mean? I, I, if you, I, I, you would have to shoot down Russian planes, I mean. Of course. So a conventional war with Russia. Listen, thank you. Okay, so I think she realized by the end of that very quick interview that she had just stepped in it a bit but let's just be clear i'll do anything okay so should we stop should she agree with no more uh, tolstoy universities no more um no more teaching of the russian classics including the great anti-soviet dissidents in universities dissidents folks people that were trying to bring down the soviet union from the inside people like dostoevsky and solzhenitsyn uh these are people who uh, when you look at this you, you look at the system, you look at what they've been pushing, Clay, you would think they would know something about this. Uh, you would How think they would be? have some idea. If, if you're going to say you want a no-fly zone, and obviously Solzhenitsyn's pre-Soviet, but I, I'm sorry, not Soviet, uh, Dostoevsky's pre-Soviet, Solzhenitsyn was a dissident from inside. But if you look at this, shouldn't they know what a no-fly zone is if they want a no-fly zone and they could be actually voting on this as a member of Congress? It should be a bare minimum of knowledge. If you believe that a no-fly zone makes sense, then at least understand what you are endorsing. We're, I mean, this is not some crazy novel idea that she just got pitched and that she could bungle. This is a fairly well-discussed and debated issue, and there are a variety of perspectives on it. If she truly thinks that a no-fly zone makes sense, you can disagree with her. But at least make the logical argument. This is where I used to say, Buck, you know, sometimes I feel like you should just, you know, have a tag team arguer where, I mean, this is really kind of what Jen Psaki is, right? Although she's not very good at, at advocating for arguments that make sense either. But I could argue for her in favor of a no-fly zone better than she can. And it makes me... Uh, highly... And by the way, as you said, Democrat and Republican, it makes me highly suspect of all the decisions that are being made when she's one of whatever it is, 500 and uh, 435 Congress people, and she can't even conceptualize an argument, not even a conceptual one buck. And this is a big deal. It's not like you quizzed her uh, unexpectedly on, I'm just trying to think, uh, you know, some esoteric Medicare cost of living increase, and maybe she hadn't been briefed on it. Right. I mean, it's hard to be on top of everything, but, this is a pretty big deal. You know, having a perspective that is logically sound as it pertains to Ukraine should be the number one thing that every congressman and woman in the country is on top of. And let's think about it for a second here. The vice is tightening around the Ukrainian people with the Russian war machine right now. There was a lot of reporting yesterday about the shelling of a maternity hospital and people being killed there, women and children being killed in the shelling. That is only likely to increase here. Vladimir Putin is willing to go to extreme and inhuman lengths to try to establish the control that he wants in Ukraine, we should be very clear-eyed about what he is and is not willing to do, especially when you have members of Congress who are saying things like, yeah, if we have to shoot down Russian planes, 
No big deal. Really? Really? No no big yeah. deal? I mean, here's even Senator Bob Menendez, longtime Senate Foreign Relations Committee guy, who's pointing out uh, no-fly zone. Once you do that, you're in a war with Russia. Uh, I don't think that the support of the American people extends to that. Our heart strings are tugged every day that we see uh, the horrific pictures in Ukraine. Uh, but, you know, the fundamental question, what is in the national interest and security of the United States is what has to be answered. And at this point, I don't see our ability to engage in a no-fly zone, especially when we don't have NATO partners that are willing to engage with us. This is a difficult spot, Buck, because what we're really trying to figure out is how do we go up to the edge of giving as much support to Ukraine as we can without putting Russia over the edge in provoking a response that creates far more danger than any benefit of our activity, right? And and there's not an easy answer here. So I can respect a variety of different perspectives, Republican and Democrat and Independent, uh, in terms of exactly what the right spot is, because we talked about this as soon as the news broke about the idea of the of the airplanes, right, and of the fighter jets being given to uh, Ukraine. Buck, what was my first thought? That seems more substantial to me. If I'm trying to think about it from the Russian perspective, I can see how that could accelerate what Vladimir Putin is willing to do to us and to NATO allies in a way that hasn't occurred so far with conventional weapons that are being given to the Ukrainians. Now, could be wrong. It could be the case that he's not going to accelerate things and that if the Ukrainians get these jets, that they're going to be able to really fight back in a way that they can't right now against Russia. So this is a difficult, this is not, uh, you know, yeah. should there be masks on airplanes? Like, this is a really these are, difficult thing These are tough calls to with, with super high consequences, no question about it, but that's why you want people who have at least some understanding of what's involved to be the ones speaking about it publicly, possibly voting on it. I mean, we're talking about yes. members of the U.S. government, members of Congress here. Look, Menendez has been in the game a long time. So he, I'm not just going to trash what a Democrat says because they're a Democrat ever, and especially on an issue that's this important. Democrats who understand that this is not our fight, I agree with those Democrats on this issue. I'm not going to move, I'm not going to be, you know, throwing tomatoes at them just because they're on the other team, so to speak. This is too important. And, you know, when you think about the implications of what a no-fly zone would actually mean in the context of, of Ukraine and against Russia, you're basically saying, if you wanted this to happen, what, what somebody would be, would be signing on for is that Russian forces on the ground are no longer going to have air cover, and Ukrainian forces are going to be able to kill them at a higher rate. So yes. now you're talking about greater losses of Russian forces on the ground. Vladimir Putin is going to be suffering through, you know, he's going to be seeing that happening. And you're going to say, well, he won't shoot down U.S. planes. Really? While his guys are being ambushed and he can't call in close air support because there are American planes in the sky, you think he's not going to decide to have surface-to-air missiles or fighters engage? It's, it's guaranteed that you're going to have U.S. and Russian planes shooting at each other when this happens. There's active combat operations. It's not If we had established a no-fly zone before the invasion, Clay, might have been a different calculation. Now, you wouldn't have had the political will to do that, and we didn't do it. But once the Russian planes are already in the sky, you're talking about their military on the ground now that's that's taking casualties. Yes, it's a war of aggression. Yes, they're the bad guys. But they you know they don't care. They're going to want to save their guys. And look at on, from the American side. Okay, we get a plane shot down, let's say, if we're having this no-fly zone. Now you've got a, an American pilot, let's say, it goes down in Ukraine behind lines that are controlled by Russia. Are we going to send in U.S. ground forces? Are we going to send in... 
Uh, we got to send in a search and rescue team to get him. What happens when they come under fire from Russian? This is how a war with Russia starts. And the people who understand the implications of all this see that. And that's why it's saying, yeah, shoot down Russian planes, no fly zone. For remember Congress to say that? It's pretty terrifying. Especially to say it and not understand the significance of the argument. If you are going, because you can make an argument for a no-fly zone, but you have to understand the consequences that can come from that. She clearly didn't. And that's what's scary. That's how you stumble into war. And I don't know what the resolution is going to be as it pertains to these jets, because the idea of getting them out of Germany seemed to be well, there's no way that Russia is going to bomb Germany. But Russia very well could bomb Poland if there are jets that are soon to take off to be attacking Russian assets. They certainly could do it for any of the Baltic states. I mean, I don't know what country ends up feeling comfortable having these jets on their airfield in order to take off and get them into Ukraine. And I don't know, Buck. I mean, maybe maybe there's some sort of solution where you can find a way to get these jets into Ukraine secretly, I don't know, shipping them without actually flying them in so they take off for the first time on Ukrainian airfields, I don't know if that's a possibility, but at least then you could follow, and this is the lawyer in me, the precedent of, hey, we're already shipping other weapons across the border, and now we're just going to ship these planes across the board. I don't know. I'm not an expert in transport transport of air, airplanes like this. But is that a solution that could get Ukrainians the access to the jets? That's maybe where we're we're left thinking through this. I think the Democrats realize the the, the ones who can see this and have an understanding of the implications, Clay. I think even the Democrats see that the closer you get to this the closer you are to an open war with the Russian Federation over Ukraine. And is Ukraine really, this is, this is when it's hard to have the conversation. It's easy six months ago to say Ukraine's not a core U.S. national security interest because it was obvious then, right? I mean, it's, you know, a country that we like, we wish the best for, we do trade with, et cetera. But now when the buildings are being leveled and more will be leveled in days ahead, it's going to get worse. And I, I've been saying this for weeks in the first few days when everyone's like, oh, the Ukrainians are kicking all the Russian you know, military, uh, kicking them out of the country. Just give it some time. I was like, no, it's not going to happen. This is getting worse. And so it becomes harder to make the case that as an American, this is not our fight because we see the devastation. We see the inhumanity. We see the suffering. And we want to as human beings, we want to do something. But. This this is where you have to make that determination. Is this a core national security interest that you should be sending United States military, our men and women, to fight and die for? I still say the answer is no, and that's why I say no, no fly zone, because it would it, it, it's it le- one leads to the other in my mind. So we'll see. Bill Roggio from the Foundation Defense of Democracies will join to give a a full battlefield update to us. He's following this day in and day out very closely. And uh, I know we have Senator Ted Cruz as well joining us the third hour. So I'm very much looking forward to hearing his uh, thoughts on inflation, Ukraine, how Biden's awful at everything, all those things. Uncertainty in the world, out of control prices, more and more reasons out there, folks, why you got to take action today to protect your savings plan. Your dollars are worth less and less with each passing day. Protecting the value of your savings account is super important right now. The best way I know how to protect your savings is with a portion of it placed into real physical gold, the kind you buy and then take possession of. I rely on the Oxford Gold Group to make that possible. They've made it so you can have real gold and silver 
delivered to your door. Same kind of thing can happen with your IRA or 401k, putting real gold and silver into your retirement accounts. Both traditionally hold their value, especially when markets decline or fail. The Oxford Gold Group, the industry leader in precious metals, is offering gold and silver at the lowest prices on the market. The Oxford Gold Group will beat any competitor's price. Call the Oxford Gold Group today to request your free precious metals investment guide. All you got to do right now from your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say the keywords gold IRA. You'll receive your precious metals investment guide directly to your phone and get all your questions answered. So right now from your phone, dial pound 250 and say the keywords gold IRA. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We got a lot of you who want to weigh in on the phones. We'll take some of your calls and we get ready in the next segment to break down the situation in Ukraine even more. Also going to be joined in the third hour at 2.30 Eastern uh, by Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. But uh, who should we go to first here on the uh, on the phone lines, Buck? We've got like? Bill in West Hartford, Connecticut. He's got some thoughts for us. Bill, welcome. I love the show, guys. Thank you. And I'm I'm circling back, as the press secretary might say, yes. masks on planes. 
Uh, I'm as frustrated as you guys are about that. But I was, would also note that government offices are still closed in the name of COVID, and I find that equally as frustrating. My daughter's on Social Security disability. I'm on Social Security as well. And even at this point, you cannot meet in person with someone at the Social Security office. When I used to go in the pre-COVID days, there were always about 30 or 40 people, and most of them looked like me as if they could really help, really need the in-person help, and who knows how they're getting that help now. So when you're pushing for eliminating the mask mandates, I would encourage you to also Try and push the uh, the point that these it's far these offices should have been open far sooner than this. Yeah, I think and that's well said, and and thank you for the call. And that's what we've tried to use, Buck. Really, the masks are a symbol of normalcy or lack of normalcy, and that's why we've been fighting against them so hard. Because until masks are gone, you can't argue that America's back to normalcy. Amen. That you really can't, and, and we don't mean gone in most places. Gone, yes, gone forever. Period. We're sorry we ever did this to you, says Fauci and all the crazy libs. Uh, Stacy in Tampa, Florida. We got uh, about a minute, Stacy. What's up? Hi. Um, living in Tampa, just wanted you to know we've got a silver alert out. We've got a short little man by the name of Dr. Fauci that's missing. He disappeared <laughs> about the same time that Russia hit the Ukraine. And our gas prices hit $5 yesterday. Stacy, I've put out an a- APB, uh, a Where bolo, a... I'm look. I'm looking for little Fauci too. Don't I forget, Clay? You have kids. Don't Smurfs live in tiny mushrooms? Maybe we should all search the mushrooms. I I legitimately wonder where he is on a day to day basis now because even with the announcement coming out about the mass staying on planes, the CDC's new guidelines, they're not allowing Fauci to even be seen discussing this. So where is he? I mean, it's a great question. Where is Fauci? Where are they hiding him? Uh, Mike Lindell, he's the inventor of MyPillow. They have got all sorts of incredible products, whether it's MyPillow's towel sets, slippers, robes, mattress toppers, Giza Dream Sheets, many more. You can trust Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. And they're made with a brand new three-tier cushioning system on these incredible slippers. Two layers of foam. Layer of Impact Gel, they are incredible. My wife, I keep saying it, wears these things everywhere, indoors, outdoors. And right now, you can get 50% off the My Slippers. You can buy them for yourself or your friends. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, use the promo code Clay and Buck, 60-day money-back guarantee. So you have nothing to risk, and you get a copy of Mike Lindell's book for free. Clay and Buck, again, use that code at MyPillow.com. You can also call 800-792-3269. doing this for nearly 30 years. I cannot remember a time where we've seen such unity in the transatlantic relationship, both in policy and in principle. Uh, We are united in strengthening our security assistance to Ukraine for its heroic defenders. We're united in increasing our assistance to the people of Ukraine who are suffering grievously due to the growing humanitarian catastrophe inflicted upon them by Moscow's invasion. And we're united in our efforts to raise the costs on the Kremlin for waging this ongoing war of choice, which has already displaced more than 2 million Ukrainians. That was the official narrative from the Secretary of State under Biden, Tony Blinken, about what's going on and the unity in the transatlantic relationship. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. 
We've got our friend Bill Roggio joining us now. He's a senior fellow at the Foundation for Defense of Democracies, editor of the Long War Journal and a U.S. Army veteran. Bill, great to have you on. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. What do we need to know about the fighting right now in Ukraine? How, how is this conflict playing out right now? Yeah, they, they, look, I think the common narrative that we're hearing is the Russians have stalled, they're bogged down, they're demoralized. But I always say the map doesn't lie. Um, when you look at the map of the Russian advances from day one, they've taken significant territory in their prepared to surround uh, Kiev, the capital. They've, um, they're in the process of encircling Ukrainian troops in the north, in the east, and in the south. In the south, they're close to fully taking control of the strategic Black Sea um, uh, territory. This is where Ukraine uses to export its food and other exports. So, and they're advancing. They're, it looks like they're prepared to encircle, again, to encircle Kiev and then link up from the south to the north. That's, it's a long process. This doesn't, this doesn't happen in days. This is a military operation that is unfolding. And so the Ukrainians are, are in danger of losing half their country. They're in danger of being encircled locally. Again, in areas in the, it's already happened in areas in the east and in the south. But it's in danger of losing literally half of its country if the unit, the units that are in and around uh, Kiev can link up with the units in the south. And I'm, I'm seeing that develop on the map. Um, you know, so look, it's a question of whether can, can the Russians hold this. That's a separate question. But what I'm seeing in that is the Ukrainians who are fighting valiantly and, and harder than anyone, including the Russians, had thought. Um, but they're still losing this war. What's the time frame here, Bill? I mean, you talked about what the Russian strategy is and that it's taking longer than they may have anticipated. Obviously, we're still in the middle middle of bitter winter cold in Ukraine. As it starts to warm up, as spring arrives, what do you anticipate this battle looking like going forward based on what you've seen so far? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, known unknowns here. And one, if, if the capital capitulates, if Zelensky government flees, this can wrap up in the course of weeks. Uh, I think I'm looking at timelines of a couple of months here. It's they're, they're always difficult to project out into the future. There's a lot of factors. Do the Russians lose heart? Do they, are there logistic issues? Are they unable to overcome logistical issues and supply, you know, and other issues? Um, but, you know, it's, we have to remember, it took the United, uh, the U.S. military 42 days to conquer Iraq. It took them three weeks to enter Baghdad. Um, I don't understand why we expect, you know, we, we, I see a lot of reporting, you know, the, the common narrative is the Russians didn't take Kiev in two days, and therefore they failed. But what I saw them do is launch a planned operation, and they're plotting through in the Russian manner. It's, it's not pretty, but it's, it is moving forward. So I put... You know, again, it just depends on how long Kiev could hold out if it's around, if, if and if the area around it is encircled. But I, I, I think if things continue as is, we're talking months before the Russians could take full control or at least encircle the eastern half of of Ukraine. And that I would draw a line south from Kiev all the way to just about a desert little area, a little bit west. That's a significant area; is half over half the size of Texas. Bill Roggio with us now, senior fellow at the Foundation for Defense of Democracies, editor of the Long War Journal. Bill, what could really turn the tide here? I mean, what are the possibilities? You mentioned 
the Russians logistically collapse or they lose heart. There's some change, palace coup. That's all on the Russian side. What are the ways that the Ukrainian side could actually shift the momentum here to not just slow down, but stall and even reverse the Russian progress? The only thing I think that would reverse the Russian progress, and I do not advocate for this to be clear, would be intervention from NATO. The Ukrainians' forces are being ground down. Uh, They have not conducted any significant counterattacks in order to halt the Russian advance. All they can do is conduct a fighting retreat and and um, hold on to cities. They, now, what they can do is try and make a play to get the Russians to quit the fight if they burn them out, if the Russians... Again, that's back to the Russian side of the equation. The Ukrainians can make those things, make it so painful for the Russians that they either stop the offensive, uh, halt their advance and, and keep what they have, or they, uh, you know, or actually retreat from the country. I don't see that as being highly likely. It would take some type of outside intervention in order for the Ukrainians to be able to turn the tide and, and look to eject the Russians from the country. Bill, what's the impact if the Ukrainians got access to some of these airplanes, these fighter jets that have been much discussed as to how they might get into Ukraine? Uh, but we've certainly seen that Russia has air superiority and by and large, the Russian, uh, the Russian advance has sometimes been very, uh, very jumbled in terms of you felt like you could just fly over and drop a, a lot of bombs right on those guys as they are very closely packed and not in a in any kind of fear of aerial assault. What would the impact be if suddenly Ukraine had access to jets? Yeah, so the, it's, it's not just having the fighter planes; it's being able to maintain them. Where are they going to be based? Um, are their pilot? Do they have enough pilots to fly them? They have enough people to maintain them. I mean, I think they could. Again, they could put a hurting on the uh, on the Russian forces. It can blunt or or slow down the advance. But unless they're going to receive an air force that is hundreds upon hundreds of planes, and they can um, they can base them and coordinate and regain air or at least some type of air parity at the very least. Um, and be able to launch sorties against those Russian forces that are amassed, I, I think the impact would be on the margins, frankly. Bill Roggio, Foundation for Defense of Democracies and the Long War Journal, where he is the editor. Bill, appreciate your perspective today, sir. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Great. Have a great day. Thank you. On 9-11, we lost nearly 3,000 Americans in the deadliest terror attack on American soil. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting America's heroes and their families ever since. When a first responder or a military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays off their mortgage to lift the financial burden and bring their family stability. The significance of such a gift forever changes that family for good, and it's made possible by your generosity. For uh, severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling our most severely injured heroes to live more independent lives. And now, through Operation Home Base, Tunnel to Towers is gifting tiny homes to homeless veterans. Our nation's heroes, who, people who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities, need your help. Help these heroes and their families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. the 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Buck, I feel like we could maybe get into this a little bit more tomorrow, uh, maybe even next week as it continues to play out. But we've talked about the bill in Florida which says kindergarten, first graders, second graders, third graders. Basically, they're not going to talk about sex, sexual orientation. It's being put forward as if it's don't talk about being gay. But the reality is it's just, hey, you know, those are not ages where human sexuality are a big part of what should be the uh, the teaching uh, for those young kids. And I say that as somebody who's had three young kids, and I think that's appropriate. I've got a first grader right now. I don't think he needs to be learning about uh, human sexuality in his first grade classroom. Well, what's interesting is Disney. Have you seen this book? The Disney CEO, Bob Chapik, I believe is how you pronounce his name, has now teed off on this bill and says he wants to meet with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and is saying that he's you know basically outraged and disgusted by it. Well, This, to me, is a real opportunity. I don't know if DeSantis will take advantage of it because, obviously, Disney is an important asset inside of his state. But they're not moving Disney World, right? I mean, you know, Disney World is going to be there forever. 
And to me, this is a real opportunity for them to fire back people in Florida and say, wait a minute, why is Disney, which by and large is in the business of entertaining children, arguing that kindergartners, first graders, second graders, and third graders should be being taught about human sexuality at those ages. This seems to me, and I know we talked about this a little bit, there's a fear because it's been branded as don't say gay, which is not the truth of this bill at all. It's just designed to ensure that kids at young ages are not exposed to things that are above their ability to understand them. And oh, by the way, if your kids are in public school, kindergarten through third grade, they don't need to be discussing any of these issues. And I say that as somebody who's had three kids in public school, and I've got a first grader right now. To me, this is a pretty good opportunity for Ron DeSantis and Republicans, not only in Florida, but around the country, to punch back. And I think Disney has put itself in a really bad spot in terms of leaving itself open to a significant counterattack. Well, you can tell the the LGBTQ activists, and there are groups that get you know funded, and, and they... They, they're all they're looking for issues. The transgender swimmer issue is a problem for Democrats. No doubt. They don't want to talk about it, really. The country is not with them on this. The elite establishment is in favor of this. And the hardcore left of the Democrat Party, 20 percent of the Democrat Party. But the, the problem is the rest of the Democrats, and this is true on a whole range of issues, are scared of the most hardcore twenty percent, right? So those more yeah. moderate Democrats are usually, oh, I don't, I don't want those people, you know, showing up outside my house and protesting me. So this is a moment where they're trying to find a way to punch back Clay at the parental involvement, parental rights issue that Republicans seized on so successfully in Virginia. And with CRT and the masking of kids in schools and the shutdowns of schools, the teachers' unions looking like thuggish buffoons who care not at all for children, only for adults who are lazy or hysterical. They're looking at this as, ah, see, Republicans are bigots that don't say Gable. It's totally manufactured, but a lot of the biggest corporations in America, they're terrified of being called racist. They're also terrified of being considered anti-gay or being in any way affiliated with anything that's anti-gay. And so they want to usually try to get points, so to speak, in advance of controversy, which is what you're seeing right now, because you can't read this bill. You walk up to any person on the street. Do you want do you want your kids? And you ask them, you know, you have kids, Clay, but you, know, you ask somebody, your five year old, should your five year old be talked to about gender identity and transgenderism by teachers in school without you even knowing or hearing anything about this, by the way? I think 90 percent of America says no to that. Who have 100%. kids? I agree with that. And by the way, I was going to build on this, too. Because Disney owns ESPN, right? And this is where, I don't even know if you've seen this, Buck, but this is where my arguments have been for a long time. Make no mistake that ESPN is a far left-wing organization when it comes to politics and sports and the intersection of the two. I went on during the commercial break here, Buck. There are eight top headlines on ESPN.com. Now, I know you're not a diehard sports fan, Buck, but we got... NCAA tournament action almost underway. All these different conference tournaments are going on. Major League Baseball is trying to decide whether or not they're going to be able to get their season played. Got top quarterbacks signing deals, trades going everywhere. One of the eight biggest stories 
in America in sports right now, according to ESPN.com, Buck, it is Florida's uh, native Coco Goff, who is not even a very famous tennis player. You know Coco Goff? I do know tennis a bit, and I know who Coco Goff is, yeah. Okay. One of the eight biggest stories right now in sports today, Buck, headline, Florida native Coco Goff speaks out against state's anti-LGBTQ bill. That's the headline. They That is the headline right now. If you go to ESPN.com and you're like, man, I want to know what the stories are going on in sports right now. This is a calculated decision, okay, by ESPN and Disney to put forward, first of all, a lie, right? Because this bill is not about being anti-LGBTQ. They're also saying, hey, we don't want your kid to be taught about heterosexual sex. It's a belief that kids are too young to be taught this. But this headline, you know, lots of people are going to see it. And that is Disney using ESPN as a cultural force to directly drive a story that is false. And it's not even a story, right? Like, I mean, Coco Coco Golf, whatever. Like, why is her opinion of a Florida bill one of the biggest stories in the world of sports today? Because they're just like, she's, right. they're- she's welcome to speak out on anything, but that's not. But treating that as a legitimate big story—that is a lie. That is fake news that ESPN is using to prop up because Disney's opposed to it. At the center of all this is the recognition, finally, on, among conservatives, and this is a big part of the whole parental. What the the mom revolution, right? The parental yes. involvement, and that, and this has come as a as a consequence of remote learning and COVID, and seeing what the school system really cares about, which is not children, but the perks for adults to be able to work at home and get paid and everything else. But conservatives had long bought into this, and this is what this is our one of our own strategic uh, strategic failures, honestly. That there's this neutral space that exists in schools. They're they're just going to teach. History as history and math as math and the school system is just about excellence. Unfortunately, that's not true. And it hasn't been true for a long time. And as we wake up to this and realize there is no neutral space, there's what is being taught and what is not. There's how it's being taught. The left is in a bit of a of a frenzy, a little bit of a moment of panic because they used to have this clay totally to themselves. They could yes. indoctrinate your kids with whatever they wanted, and you didn't even know about it, right? If you're in the public school system, it's true in the, a lot of private schools as well in places like New York, uh, Los Angeles, and Chicago. Uh, so going forward, we understand this is a battleground. What your kids are being taught matters, and you as a parent and as a voter, by the way, should have a say, and the left is going to fight back against this with everything because we've finally woken up. We're finally in the fight. And they're going to fight back, and it's oftentimes going to be predicated on unfairness, right? Because this bill is not about being anti-LGBTQ, and I think it's significant because Disney has used ESPN and their left-wing agenda to uh, inculcate stories like these. Because you go, and you're just a random sports fan, and you're like, hey, what's going on in the world? And you look, and you say, wait a minute, one of the eight biggest stories in America today is what Coco Goff thinks. And again, the headline is already presuming that the bill is anti-LGBTQ when the reality is the bill is anti-young kids being taught about sexuality in schools, which virtually every parent would agree with. Lies, lies, and more lies. It's crazy how they use sports and pop culture to advance an agenda that's untrue. 
Gonna be. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty on demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rolling on into the third hour next. 